it's the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Hey, welcome to episode 18, the Peyton Manning edition of the podcast. Without question, Manning is most notable, of course, for losing Super Bowl 48 to the Seattle Seahawks, where Denver got blown out 43-8. to The game started off horribly for Manning and the Broncos with a brutal snap that went way over his head, which resulted in a safety, and the Seahawks dominated from there. Bang! But seriously, Manning was a stud who did win two Super Bowls, even if the last one, basically his arm had uh, fallen off. In the most important football game of all time, however, the Seahawks prevailed. We won't talk about what happened to Seattle in in the ensuing Super Bowl against the Patriots on the goal line. I digress. I'm pumped to have all my good friends, Steve Dominey, who used to work with me many moons ago at TSN, and he now writes for mytopsportsbook.com. He has some great bets you can make for the upcoming NFL draft that starts Thursday, April 23rd, goes to the 25th. Plus, he's a huge Survivor fan, so we'll definitely have to delve into Survivor winners at war the current season. He's told me, though, that he has some beef with my greatest TV characters podcast I did in episode 16. We'll uh, delve into that. So let's get cracking. Okay, I now welcome on Steve Domney, who I worked with for many years at TSN, and he now writes for MyTopSportsBook.com. We'll delve into all things NFL Draft a little bit later, but first, welcome to the H-Dog Pod, Steve. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, Pretty bored, so (laughs) talking to anyone's good at this point. I can imagine uh, pretty bored uh, throughout the coronavirus. uh, What have you been doing to keep busy? Well, uh, one thing that I do like about the COVID-19 is that Usually I like takeout, right? So I, I eat a lot of takeout and delivery. Mm-hmm. Normally you're just completely wasting your money. But yeah, but during COVID-19, you're, if you're eating a lot of takeout, you're supporting small business. So you're like, all you're doing is stuffing your face, but you're like a champion of local entrepreneurs. You know, <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking you were gonna say that. Uh, like for me, I, I was like, oh, I want pizza, pizza, or I want McDonald's. But now it just seems like too much effort to actually go through it, even though it's not that difficult to do. So I've just been like, yeah, I'm just not gonna even. No, gonna no, eat, it's just uh, as easy. Food. You just you know order from your favorite places, but then you get that extra feeling of like, <laughs> oh, you know, they they haven't been that busy. I'm really helping out, and then you like eat takeout like every day, and the more you eat it, you're just like. You know, you're, you're basically like a not a first line hero, but you know, you're <laughs> you're you're pretty much close at that point. You know, you're, you're keeping the economy afloat just with your with your eating. Yeah, uh, what, what's the go to uh, place you order from? Well, here in Ottawa, the shawarma is kind mm-hmm. of like the the thing. I don't know, it's uh, I don't know. Other people don't seem to know that about Ottawa, but if you come to Ottawa, like we basically have a shawarma restaurant in every corner, and that's where I would go. That would be my recommendation of uh, when people are allowed to travel again, come to Ottawa. And uh, it's, you know, it's like Montreal has smoked meat, Ottawa has the shawarma. Now, before we uh, started talking on this podcast, you gave me a text a couple of days ago and you had some uh, you had uh, some issues with some of my all-time favorite TV characters <laughs> I selected in episode 16. Uh, what gives? Uh, what's that all about? Well, I, well, first I wanted to know, like, have you heard? Have you got a lot of blowback from those picks? Uh, actually, decent, uh, decent thoughts uh some people and i i kind of i had a feeling when i after i did the episode the the dexter pick uh for top dramatic ones eh, people i think because they didn't like the last uh whatever it was three or four seasons they sort of ripped that <laughs> yeah, one a little bit yeah the last half of the show's run was terrible yeah, I'm like, uh, yeah. Well, i, I didn't think hurt. it was that bad but yeah season four obviously was the pinnacle of that show that's for sure 
I have mostly compliments, I would say. I like I like the all curb list. You're right. You said that when Leon came on the show, that's when the show really got going and peaked, which season six and like that's a late peak for any show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked Leon's your so mention good. of Jeff. Jeff squeaked in the top characters of the curb list and his best moment, I think, on season six when he for some reason goes upstairs and they have no idea if they find the semen on the sheets upstairs and they have no <laughs> idea who did it. And then Jeff just like casually admitting like he did it. Like it's no big deal. Like you go over to someone's house and hey, come, come over and walk off. It's not a big deal. Who cares? Yeah. It's so good. Uh, I also like the respect you showed to the British office on, uh, on your best TV programs list. I think you were the one that got me into that too. I'm pretty sure you're the one that told me like uh, years ago, like, "Hey, get watch this show and watch and you know uh, extras in the office." And I, I'm almost certain it was you. So uh, I think you, UK Office is better. I, I think so too. But it, uh, anyone younger than us, like you know, don't don't even waste your breath. It seems like like the the office has kind of taken taken over anyone like under thirty. They they wouldn't even probably have watched the British Office or the the American one is super popular with the kids. Reality show characters. I was not surprised to see your uh, Joe Schmo. Like, I think there's not one time I talked to you where Joe Schmo out for drinks. Joe Schmo comes out in the conversation every time. So, uh, no surprise there to see that. So good. Uh, was disappointed you didn't uh, have didn't ever you haven't seen The Sopranos. That yeah, was the, that was another one for whatever, because, whatever reason. I just watched the first episode. I'm not even sure why. And then it was good. It wasn't like I thought it was bad or anything. Obviously, it's a good, great show. But I don't know why. I never, uh, never watched more. Yeah, I think this. I'll convince you to watch it because you, you like Mad Men. You mentioned Draper on your list, but I think Sopranos and Mad Men of all the great shows, they have the most shared DNA. Matthew Weiner uh, or Weiner. I'm, I'm gonna screw that up. But anyway, he wrote <laughs> on the Sopranos. So and so then he went on to make Mad Men. But uh, more so, like, they're both, like, Sopranos is, is, is pretty deep, just like Mad Men. There's a lot of times, like, you're, you know, you might be like, what did I totally understand? It's, it's not like all people getting whacked. Like, they have some, you know, like, a little headier, smart stuff. But then, even better than that, like, they're both really funny shows. Like, Mad Men, when you watch it, like, you're laughing as much as, as anything. And, and Sopranos is like that, too. I think for when people don't see the Sopranos, they... They kind of think the mob thing, people are going to get whacked, it's going to be violent, and it is all of that. But it's also like super funny with some like incredible supporting characters uh, that, that would have made your list for sure, like Polly Walnuts. I guess my last thing was just <laughs> in your reality show setup, you're talking about your characters, and then you go in like a two-minute like two preamble about how Rudy, he's like this old guy from Survivor, obviously, horrible racist homophobe and then you have like one pause and then you're like no question best reality <laughs> show character of all time i'm like i don't know if you're you know you gotta you gotta put out a few more disclaimers before that but, oh uh, man but i yeah he, he was he was entertaining that's that's what you meant yeah well i mean that, that's why i said i did mention that briefly in that episode that that i don't think most of what he said would play now in fact years ago they brought him back on like a reunion show i don't know how long maybe i don't know seven or eight years ago or something and they and he said some remarks and you're like, whoa, man, dude, you can't say that. But yeah. you couldn't in, tw- in 2000. Now he definitely can't. So it is funny how uh, he was so beloved back then. When in reality, holy crap, you, that guy would be he'd be skewered now if he was on national television saying that same stuff. 
Survivor Winners at War is going on right now. And what do you think of uh, what's going on right now? And uh, specifically, what do you feel about the family visit of the last episode? <laughs> well, I, yeah, I just hated it. I, I, I hate all the family visits. Oh, I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's that's a tough watch when they're sucking out thirty minutes of your if your Survivor All Stars, and it's just people like hugging kids. You know, mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. that's it's not what I'm looking for. It's terrible. I understand for people playing the game, obviously that'd be inc- it'd be amazing to have uh, your family there, and you know you haven't had any family members for whatever it's been twenty some days. I obviously understand from their perspective how amazing it would be, but as a as a viewer, usually it's a you know it's a, I feel it's like the Jeff Probst um, psychology hour almost. He's just like, oh, well, how do you feel about that, and how, what does this make you feel? It's like just shut up, Jeff. Just be the Survivor host, please. But he's he just seems to really really be pushing. Uh, I especially remember a few years ago on Survivor, he had like the, some guy was like writhing in pain on the island. It was like day three and he had to get uh, evacuated out of the game. And he was like, tell me how you feel right now. And it's like, God, <laughs> probes. It's not, oh my God. Like it, it just feels like last few years. I love probes. I do. It doesn't sound oh, like I, it, yeah, but I do. I but it just feels like uh, the last few seasons, he always has to have moments or big, uh, you know, uh, cultural discussions or just, it just feels like he's really pushing because now he's a, a producer as well. It's, it just feels like he's really pushing that angle with stuff, and it kind of gets annoying. His commentary in the challenges is where he really excels. Like mm-hmm. someone's really trying to just trying to focus, and then Probst just gets in their head talking about whoever's in the lead, throws them off, or you know, Sandra really blew it on that one and <laughs> calls them out. Like Probst is top notch, but I, I hear what you're saying. I also, other than the family visits, I hate the the island stuff. Anything that's happening there where people are crying because they're off on an island, uh, what Redemption Island? Like, that's that's not good TV either. But uh, but all in all, I, I do like uh, the winners at war. It's been a good season. It's fun to see everyone together. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned uh, Edge of Extinction there, and uh, Sandra. Before that, she's the only one that, that had lost the game and just decided to quit. Uh, how do you feel about her? I actually, the first two seasons that she won, spoiler alert, I didn't really respect her game all that much. I thought, ah, she sort of wasn't really a great player. But then when she came on the third time and didn't win, I actually really respected her game. I'm like, she actually went relatively far considering she was a huge target. And this season, she seemed to be doing really well. And then out of nowhere, inexplicably gave away her immunity, which is the biggest rookie move of all time. Like you can't call yourself queen. You can't, you can't do that anymore. That has been, that has been taken away from you. Just a disaster of, of a, of a decision by her. And she lost the game. Yeah, I think the money that they introduced this season kind of got in people's heads where at least the experienced players were kind of thinking ahead. Like um, Sandra was trying to get some cash for the idol and uh, that bit her in the ass. And then the next episode, Yule was trying to like arrange some kind of weird thing where he'd get someone's, uh, what are, what's it called? Chits or? Uh, they're <laughs> tokens or fire tokens or. To- know, yeah, like fire that. tokens. Yes. So, and then, and then Yule was out on his ass uh, right after that. So I think, I think some of the vets are kind of overplaying, you mm-hmm. know, just mm-hmm. looking ahead too much and it killed both of them. But totally agree with Sandra. I think. Survivor in general, if you've watched a lot of seasons, uh, there's kind of like the two, like if you were looking at the cast, there were two kinds of players and one type of player who wins a lot are those hanger ons like Sandra. She did it twice somehow, like probably by, I don't want to say it's coincidence, but hanger on strategy twice where you're not really doing anything and you somehow end up at the end. And then, you know, you get the vote in that last tribal because people are bitter 
at the guy who was doing everything. The second time with Sandro was, of course, the legend Russell Hans, probably the best survivor player of all time. If you don't count like the part where they actually have to give you the money, because that's the one thing. Uh, that's the only reason that he was on my honor- honorable list uh, on that episode two episode on episode sixteen. But the only reason, yeah, he wasn't on the top five was because he hasn't won. But that is ridiculous that he's ever won. That's for sure, without question. Yeah, he basically won twice and got screwed twice. And so, yeah, Sandra's one of those hanger-ons, and, like, Michelle kind of did that in her season, and she's been complaining about it a lot. Actually, it seems like she's not over all the internet heat because she keeps bringing it up. And the other guy uh, type of character I noticed that uh, wins a, has a lot of uh, won a lot of games is that the, the return player, because, of course, well, Rob, he, his win was when he was a return player. He, he kind of carried Amber the first time anyway should have won so, that, definitely so he should have won but that's his real win another one he's just playing with a bunch of newbies and he you know it's easy to win and and coach kind of proved a uh, coach didn't end up winning but he goes through the whole he sailed through a whole season his second time i think tyson won on his second or third uh, probably his third time i think jeremy won on his second time so there's a big advantage uh sarah won on her second time but she did it in an all-star season so there's a there's a, a huge advantage to, to playing. It seems like they're just a little more up to speed and they know how to rally the troops, especially the old way Survivor was played when it was all numbers. Uh, so, yeah, it just seems like there's there's two types. There's the, the hanger-ons and the ones who had the advantage of, of playing uh, the second time. But I said Tony had no chance because everyone was going to be gunning him for him right away. I'm actually stunned that it looks as of now like he's got a good chance to win. Yeah, I think he is going to win. I think um, I think he's one of those guys. Like in a season like this, he's you know how Rob came in. He kind of embarrassed himself too, because like we know he's a charming guy. He's been on TV a, a ton of times, and he's very likable. But this season, for some reason, he decided to you know just to be a bully, and obviously that's not going to work in All Stars. Where Tony, the other side of that. Like he's a very likable guy, and and uh, you know that's going to go a long way in a season like this. And then he's all, but he's also goofy, so people are seem to be underrating him because mm-hmm. uh, he's like, oh, crazy Tony, he's climbing a tree. Like this guy's not thinking. And then, and you just look at the numbers now. He's got uh, Sophie and Sarah on on his side, and then Ben hugged him in the last tribe. I don't know how that those they got Nick over there, but. Uh, Tony has a clear path where as soon as he gets rid of Jeremy, which I would imagine would happen pretty soon, and uh, and Kim too, then then I would think he's probably going to flip and he's got to strike first on Sophie and Sarah, obviously. But other than that, I think it's going to be Tony. But I, I could see why like the the Tony Sophie Sarah has have uh, like the best alliance going. I think it's definitely going to be one of those three. But I think Tony's going to figure out a way to get himself in the final three with like a guy like Ben. And, uh, you know, some other person, person he'll Michelle, get the maybe. votes, maybe Nick or yeah, maybe a Michelle. Uh, yeah, I, I think his, I think I could like his path with just taking out Jeremy Kim and then striking first Sophie and Sarah. But you know, this, these things change fast. A couple of weeks ago, it looked like Yule was going to run the game and then he was out on his ass, uh, you know, two episodes later. Now, uh, completely switching gears. I mentioned off the top that you write for my top the NFL draft here is starting on uh, Thursday, April, what is it, 23rd, uh, and going to the 25th on the Saturday. Uh, do you have some good uh, bets that people should be uh, placing for that draft for uh, certain guys that might get picked? So the first one was uh, that's already kind of caught fire in the in the last weeks, so you can't get as good odds. 
is uh, Justin Herbert, uh, the Oregon quarterback. Uh, draft, of course, uh, one, two, it's going to be Joe Burrow, the LSU quarterback going to Cincinnati and then Chase Young, Ohio State defensive end. He'll go to Washington and, and mm-hmm. that would be pretty shocking if that didn't happen. Sure. Until probably mid last week or early in the week, it, it seemed like Tua was everyone kind of assumed Tua was the second quarterback off the board, but then Mike Lombardi, who before, you know, he's out, he used to be on the Simmons podcast. He has a podcast of his own. Now he used Love to work with the Patriots. Yeah. And, and he started putting out a lot of stuff about Tua's injuries. Uh, and that, that seemed to really catch fire. And then if you were repaying attention with like the, like the mock drafts that the mock drafts that people actually, the people who write them actually know things like uh, NFL.com's Gil Brandt. He's, you know, he worked on the Cowboys organization. He just went into the hall of fame. He's, <laughs> he's this old guy's been into the game forever and he has a lot of contacts. And he, and if you look noticed in his mock draft, he had Herbert higher than Tua. So I was able to get Herbert at a uh, plus 800 or eight to one uh, to be the third overall pick problem of course is detroit has the third overall pick right now uh but you know they they probably will be looking to trade it miami's at five the chargers are at six i think the jakes uh the jakes are maybe a nine or eleven but there are a couple teams who need a quarterback who i expect will jump up uh it's it's you know it's not, it's not guaranteed but even um uh, even in today's uh, uh peter king's uh, mock today he actually put herbert at three so i don't know if that's good sign or bad sign for me maybe maybe you just jinxed me but Ooh, yeah. uh peter king i don't know yeah yeah it could, <laughs> it could be dead in the water now but he uh he's still at plus 500 for third overall pick so there's a couple things you have to believe you have to believe that it's not all smoke and herbert does go before tua and you have to believe that either the chargers or miami miami has a lot of uh extra draft pick capital <laughs> move up uh ahead of you know just jump up two slots just to guarantee they get their guy and then hopefully they pick herbert so that was that's my biggest one another one is uh little less likely to happen it's uh Tre- trevon diggs he's stefan diggs brother uh, diggs who obviously was just traded to uh the bills mm-hmm. so his brother is a he's a big six foot one corner and he's a lot of the guys who know things too uh talent evaluators like him i've seen him as high as two and in, in some lists problem with this one is cj henderson he's he's a really uh, highly uh ranked corner as well he'll probably go too but diggs available on um uh, Bodog at uh, plus 2200 or 22 to one to go wow. be the second corner off the board. So, you know, it only takes one team to, to like a guy. He is, he has that NFL size people like plus pedigree, obviously with, uh, with Stefan. So, uh, I, I, I like that one a lot at 22 to one. So 22 uh, to one, by the way, for those who don't, uh, gamble very much, a $10 bet on him at 22 to one will pay you out 220 bucks plus the $10 you also paid. So, that's obviously a pretty, uh, pretty uh, good uh, amount of money you can make if he is the second cornerback off the board. Another thing I'm watching, not as uh, I want to make you that that rich, but uh, it's just kind of weird. Jonathan Taylor is this uh, with I write some college sports at uh, mytopsportsbook.com, and uh, Taylor just has dominated college football for three years. He's I think he's got like three straight 1500 yard seasons at Wisconsin. Um, Wisconsin, not you know known for they have some problems when running backs hit hit the NFL sometimes. Uh, but you know Melvin Gordon's had a decent career. 
but he's he's uh he's really produced and and he's a guy too he went to the combine and his testing was incredible so he has the profile of uh, a top five pick but obviously in this uh if you play fantasy football you know like the whole running backs don't matter and that's kind of bleeding into real football he's also not the best uh he hasn't really had an opportunity to catch passes so he's kind of uh might not be perfect for the modern game, but uh, he's plus 200 to be the first running back off the board. And any other year would just seem he would obviously like he, his testing and measurables look like, and and stats all look like Zeke. So uh, I think two to one for him, first running back off the board is kind of good. I I haven't, uh, I haven't been seen a site that lists, uh, listen with this team, but if you could find it, uh, I love the fit in Baltimore. Baltimore picking at the end of the first round. I think at least for fantasy football, everyone, uh, every person yeah, who writes really fantasy good. would get an immediate boner if, if Taylor <laughs> went to Baltimore. That's true. He would he would break fantasy. For, like Ingram's a good back <laughs> now, but if if they pair him with with Taylor, who's who doesn't really need to catch like a ton of passes in Baltimore's offense because Lamar's just ability to run is opening up holes. I think. If Taylor goes to Baltimore, it's he's going to end up being the wow. first pick in like NFL drafts or in fantasy drafts this this fall. I'm glad you mentioned fantasy drafts. We'd be remiss to not talk about the big trade that happened Tuesday with the Patriots shipping Gronk to Tampa Bay so they could reunite with Tom Brady. Uh, how high do you think Gronk gets drafted this year in fantasy? And does he make does he make the the Bucks a legit contender in the NFC? Uh, take the second one first. I think the the Bucks. I well, everyone loves Bruce Arians. Everyone, and it's just fun, right? Like it's fun to have Brady and Gronk back together, and Godwin and and Evans. And like the w- one thing we do know is we don't know if this is going to work out because this could be one of those off-season storylines and everything turns the poop. But but we do know that the Bucks weren't really going anywhere with Jameis Winston anyway. So this is all gravy. It's a super fun story. It's great for the NFL. And uh, I don't see why they couldn't make the playoffs. Their defense was fifth in the league under Todd Bowles last year. They took a massive step forward there. So I I can't see that. And the offense is going to be a lot more efficient, regardless of how good Brady still is compared to what Winston was giving them, which was poor field position. So legitimate contender, yeah, I, I, th- I think they're definitely in the mix. I, I wouldn't see why not. Um, Gronk, fantasy value. Uh, yeah, it's hard to say. They might be save him for the playoffs. He might, he might be playing a lot. He's going to do a lot of blocking, which he's probably the best at at this stage of his career. I'd probably shy away from him because he's like a name brand guy that you'll have to pay too much for. But I could see him going off the boards, you know, after the, after the big guys. Uh, maybe so Kelsey Kittle, Mark Andrews. Hertz and then, you know, maybe even Gronk fifth. I don't know if he'll be that ranked that high, but there'll always be one guy in that draft room who would love to have Gronk. I was just going to say that myself. Yeah, though, there definitely will be, without question, that one dude, they'll overdraft him just because of the name alone. You you went on one of those Gronk cruises a couple of years ago, didn't you? How, how was that? <laughs> um, <laughs> what happens on Gronk cruises, uh, stay on Gronk cruises. So um, uh, I will plead the fifth on that one. Where do you see it all shaking out in terms of Winston and, and some of these other quarterbacks who are decently proven to be pretty good? Yeah, I think uh, one guy you did mention, Andy Dalton, I, I think he's going to end up on the Jags. Like if the Jags don't, uh, 
don't get Herbert or Tua or and the odds are available on on Bodog or, or wherever you place your bets, I would oh, immediately are. place Dalton to the Jags just because it's plus one seventy five now. Oh my goodness! Oh, you told me that. I remember you telling me about this bet uh, maybe what three four weeks ago. And I placed a bet on him, and it was way higher than that. Let, let me uh, pull it up here. Uh, but oh, nice! Yeah, see, I should have took my own advice. That's that's <laughs> common for me. So yeah, now it's only plus one seventy five. But yeah, Jay Gruden is their offensive coordinator in Jacksonville, and of course, Dalton had his best seasons in Cincinnati against Gruden. So um, I think uh, the sports book you use just offer uh, you have a little more options than me because I, I uh, yeah I could not find that on on Bodog and um, I'm very sad about it especially when you tell me this number oh well, yeah it's I got Andy Dalton I uh, placed the bet on March 19th I got Andy Dalton at 16 to one to go to Jacksonville oh <laughs> man you owe me a, you your drinks are on you if, if that comes through <laughs> yeah um, that's pretty good I'm not paying for anything. I also got um, uh, back to what we were talking about earlier, Survivor. For the first time, it's, there's actually been odds uh, placed on the bet online. I got to Sophie at 25 to 1, and I told everyone on Sports Betting Dime to bet on her to win. And within two days, she was down to like 8 to 1. So I'm very proud about that bet. You're moving the needle. People are reading. I guess they they realize the. Uh, I don't think I've mentioned it on this podcast. I'll have to tell a story for another uh, pod, but. Uh, my Miss Universe uh, pick a couple of years ago when I got her at sixty six to one and she won and I got uh, fifteen hundred bucks. So yeah, I'll have to tell that story sometime. Wow. But uh, yeah, I guess uh, yeah, writing for that website it was the best 50, 50 bucks I ever made because then I, I made don't know how you want to Miss America bet like uh, how yeah it's it literally okay well I guess I might as well tell it now I literally just went on I had no idea like the, I just had started on the website sports betting time and they're like hey does anyone want to do a, a story on Miss Universe and I'm like. Pfft. I'll try, but I don't know anything about it, obviously. <laughs> and so I just went on online. I just went through Twitter and different sites. Like, who who do, does everybody think is, is going to win? Katrina Gray, I believe her name was. They listed her at 66 to 1 on uh, Bodog. But all these articles were saying she was the first or second favorite to win. And I was like, Whoa, okay. what the heck? That's insane. So I told so everyone about her. Someone was asleep on the, at the wheel at, uh, Big time. at the then, gambling site, and so you she, made them pay. So she fell, fell to like 50 to 1, and that's when I was like, because Bodog at the time was the only site to offer bets on her. And I said, I need to uh, bet on uh, this girl. I need to open up a Bodog account just to bet on her. So I did, about 30 bucks. And then by, by the time the, uh, the, uh, the actual pageant happened, they realized their error, and she was like a seven to one, like favorite to win. But I got her at fifty to one, and she ended up winning, which was insane, so incredible. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, that's too bad. I was hoping the story was you're like digging deep, diving like deep dives on like all the ladies. Like you have the bikini shots up ahead of you. <laughs> you have their evening gown shots. Like you just seventy pages in your browser open. <laughs> I said this uh, on a past uh, podcast with Eric Rosales when he was on. I think it was episode 10. No ch- no chance Teddy Bridgewater finishes that contract with Carolina. So uh, where do you think Cam's going to go, and what do you think about Bridgewater? I'm assuming you're thinking the same thing. Okay, so so with the Bridgewater, I recently wrote a worst record article that looks at which teams could finish with the worst record in the NFL next year. Mm-hmm. And I took Carolina plus 600 basically because, yeah, the the thought that check down Teddy is going to be better than Cam Newton. That's crazy. Is, is ridiculous. And, uh, the Carolina's defense is terrible. Their whole coaching staff is from college. Uh, if you watch basketball or football, you know, 
uh, that doesn't work out a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. So for Car- Matt Rule in Carolina, it it could work out if you look at any clips online. He talks like a preacher. It's 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 almost comical. Teddy Bridgewater, Bridgewater's comical. And, he, and no he's defense. also has an injury history. Bridgewater as well. Aside from the fact that all the stuff you've just said, obviously he was yeah. basically gone for two years too. Yeah, and uh, to get back to Cam, I'll just read you some odds and see what you like. So Cam right now. Chargers plus 175, Jags plus 375, New England plus 400, Miami plus 500, Denver plus 600, and Washington plus 800. Anything you like there? I mean, I mean, I still do like Washington, to be honest with you. I know they just drafted uh, in the first round last year uh, Dwayne Haskins, but new yeah. coach with uh, Ron Rivera, who of course had uh, Cam Newton in Carolina. I, for the value, I still think, like even if but they brought not- in. Uh, they brought in Kyle Allen from Carolina. That's why I don't think Ooh, that's happening. True. That's a good point. Good yeah. point. Having said that, it's also Kyle Allen from Carolina. So, yes, Cam Newton might be uh, still your best chance there. What do you like? I was thinking, uh, well, the funny one I think is is Denver. Is that so? Like, you, you could probably list off all the hilarious quarterback tries or fails that uh, oh, John Elway's made since Manning left town. Brock Osweiler, Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, oh boy. Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, all these guys. Luck. But 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 then Drew Lock played well yep. in like I don't know what four games last year. Yep. I, I don't know how, how like maybe six games. So now you go like just the worst timing for Elway because then you go into the offseason and he's got Brady, Rivers. Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, like there's just amazing quarterboard, you know, or good quarterbacks to choose from after all that, that, that list I just read. And then, no, he's convinced himself, you know, that he's sticking with Locke and he's ignoring all these guys. So I, I just, I kind of think that's, that's funny. Denver's kind of blowing it. Uh, I think it's a tough call on, on Cam. I've, I'm my my strategy is that I'm hoping the odds stay up during the draft, and that you, you kind of see if like if the draft goes by and the Chargers don't take a quarterback and they take an offensive lineman, then I think I'm immediately taking him for the Chargers. And the, and the same thing goes with Miami. If Miami surprises everyone and doesn't take a quarterback, you know, I think Cam could sell tickets in Miami. And uh, sure. No one's really talking about about him. He's uh he's plus five hundred, uh, but he's, there's also another bet on there to be there my be the Dolphins starting quarterback in week one, because and that's plus I don't know twelve hundred or plus fifteen hundred. So you're getting way better odds on that. Like if if they sign Cam, he's going to beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I don't know what the odds makers are doing there. So I guess if I'd uh, I guess I'm playing the wait and see game. I also think. Uh, New England's kind of fun. I think if he, it's one of those things where like now everyone's like laughing at uh, Cam and Winston, no one wants them. But then as soon as if like New England signed either Cam or Winston, like the the narrative would change so hard. New England's all like I, New England, the team that has had the the winningest decade in, in pro football and obviously all those Super Bowls and they're plus 22 to one to, uh, to get the best record in the NFL. Think about if uh, if uh, the Pats just signed Cam. Yeah. Like, what would that shrink to? Like, everyone would just, oh, Belichick's done it again. He's the genius, you know, and that would be down to plus six to one. So 
you know, it's just one, like, Pats are just one cam signing away from everyone, you know, being scared of them again. Uh, without question. I still think uh, for New England, Andy Dalton is a good uh, solution to trade for him. He only has one year left on his contract. Patriots love to bring in guys with one year left. If they lose, if they leave in free agency, they get a uh, compensatory draft pick. He's a veteran. I'm not sure how much they love Jarrett Stidham, who they, who they drafted last year, or potentially another quarterback that, that they could draft here in this draft. I think Danny Andy Dalton, as we saw last year, got benched mid-year for was it Ryan Lindley or some? No, not Ryan Lindley. Uh, who did he get benched for? Some some guy I'd, uh, basically I'd never heard. Uh, of. Uh, yeah, that's the, that's the point I'm making, obviously. And, yeah. and he didn't pay, didn't make any stink at all. It was fine. He didn't create any waves. If you, if you're Belichick, like that's the best way to embarrass Tom Brady. You know, like Brady's doing the thing going to Tampa. He's you know, the, Belichick could do the opposite thing of just putting in like a schlub and and winning with him, and and that's like killing Brady's legacy. If if Dalton even you know wins a couple playoff games, it's killing Tom. That'd be hilarious, yeah, because the Bengals were never able to uh, win a playoff game with Dalton. Ryan Finley was the quarterback in Cincinnati. I knew it wasn't Lindley. Could I uh, ask you one question before we wrap? Sure. How is uh, the COVID nineteen affecting Her- Hound Dog Harrison's uh, dating life? Because I know I know you're on the on the uh, you're on the apps on and the, no no I haven't yeah. been on those in, oh, in no in, no in, in years it's uh, I feel especially in Toronto they'd be, they'd be they're so um, lame and shallow and stuff. Oh but yeah, just, you used to you used to do quite well on those, or you, you're just saying like, you you're you're not in your prime anymore. <laughs> yes, I'm not in my prime. Let things go. <laughs> I guess I was okay on those, but. Uh, I guess to answer your question, I would say uh, dating in the COVID era is the exact same for me as it was in the non-COVID era, (laughs) which is to say nothing at all. (laughs) Thank you so much, uh, Steve, for uh, being on the podcast. Uh, It was a lot of fun, and and hopefully if those uh, bets do cash and if Andy Dalton does go to uh, Jacksonville, I definitely will uh, send you a care package perhaps. Yes. Oh, care package. Yeah, you owe me one for sure. Oh, yeah, it was it was fun. It was fun to be on. Uh, I do. I love the new show. Love the love the new format. I think it's it, it works perfectly with uh, with you alone. You know, like uh, your other co-hosts were great, but uh, I, I think everyone that knows you would say would describe you as a nice guy. And then second, secondly, they would describe you as a weird dude. So, <laughs> like you know, you that we you, you don't want to distill the Harrison with with co with co-hosts. You need you need to, you know, just have that starring role so everyone could just see what uh you know what a weird dude you are so it's kind of a backhanded compliment i guess (laughs) yeah i was gonna say i've never heard of anything as nice no one's ever said anything uh, as wonderful to me in the history of my life so uh thank you for that oh man well i mean at least he called me nice i'm a decently enough a nice guy but yes i definitely have i'm quirky i would say not weird i would say quirky quirky is the better word to describe for that uh, definitely excited for the draft to happen on Thursday. Hopefully you guys take Steve's advice and bet on some of those guys that he did say the cornerback at 22 to one, very, very good value. A digs, very, very good value. I might have to do that myself. Thank you so much for listening to episode 18 of the H dog pod. We will talk to you soon. Bang. This has been the H dog pod with host Michael, the hound dog Harrison. 